Bibles, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 8. We're still ministering on defining moments. Hallelujah. Somebody say defining moments. Has anybody had any defining moments lately? Hallelujah. I said they were going to come, and they will come. Amen. All right, God. Once again, let's look at the definition of the word define. The word define means state or describe exactly the nature, scope, or meaning of. It means to make up, establish the character of, and it means to mark out the boundaries or limits of. Once again, the word define means state or describe exactly the nature of, scope of, or the meaning of. It means to make up or establish the character of. It means to mark out the boundaries or limits. And then the word moment, because we're talking about defining moments, the word moment is a particular stage in something's development or in a course of events. Once again, the word moment is a particular stage in something's development or in a course of events. And what God is saying, he's saying there are particular stages in your spiritual development. There are going to be some course of events in your life that will define or reveal your spiritual state. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. It will reveal and establish your character or who you really are. Amen. And they're going to, and they're, and they're going to want, mark out the boundaries you have put on yourself or the limits you have put on yourself. Amen. Say it again. God is saying there is a particular stage in your spiritual development. There are going to be some course of events in your life. That will define or reveal your spiritual state, reveal and establish your character, who you really are, and they're going to mark out the boundaries you have put on yourself or the limits you have put on yourself because in God's eyes, you have no limits. So only limits that are being put on you is by you. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. So we're looking at what we call the hall of faith, amen, and we're seeing where each one of them had defining moments in your life, and we are particularly right now at this point looking at Abraham, because Abraham had a lot of defining moments. Somebody say he had a lot. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should not have to receive for inheritance, did what? obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went amen not knowing whither he went but the key to everything he says by faith by what by faith now i encourage you to get last week's cd amen glory to god and couple with today's cd come on say amen somebody because i can't go over everything i went over last wednesday so get the what cd we used to say tape but get the cd amen we graduated. Amen. But he said, by faith. So you're going to find in every defining moment, your faith is involved in making the right choice. Let me say it again. Your faith is involved in making the what? Right force. See, in that defining moment, something, sometimes your flesh gets in the way. Anybody's flesh ever got in the way? And sometimes you make the wrong choice. Sometimes your reasoning gets in the way. And you end up making a what? The wrong choice in that what? In that defining moment. See, in that defining moment, it's going to have to be by faith. Some might say by faith. And we know Abram had to prove his greatness 
by passing 10 tests of faith. Somebody say 10. Now, we've seen seven of them. Amen. Glory to God. I'm not going to go over the seven. But let's go to Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. Let's look at Abraham's eighth and ninth defining moment. His eighth and ninth defining moment. Genesis 21, verse 1. Give you time to get there for those of you who are still doing it the great way. Still looking at your B-I-B-L-E. Come on, say amen, somebody. Genesis 21, 1, where it says, and the Lord did what? Visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had what? Spoken. This is powerful, folks. Because it said, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had what? Spoken. Come on, it says the Lord did unto Sarah what? As he had what? Spoken. Question is, when did the Lord speak to Sarah about this child she was to have? Go back to Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. But that's powerful because why? God will do what he tells you he's going to do. Come on, he visited Sarah as he, as he had said, and he did unto Sarah as he had spoken. When it comes out the mouth of God, you can rest assured it's going to come to pass. Somebody say it's going to come to pass. But when did he tell Sarah that she's about to have this child? Look at Genesis 18.1. Genesis 18.1 reads, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mari, and he sat in the tent, of the door, tent door of the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground. Now look at verse 9. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. Where is she? Where is she? In the tent. And he said, I will certainly. Somebody say certainly. He said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. Shall have a son. And then it says, And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now, understand this, nothing gets past a nosy wife. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. <laughs> amen. Amen. See, she was behind the tent listening. Come on, her ears were wide open to what the Lord was saying to Abraham. Come on, are you with me out here? Now, for Abraham... This was not the first time he has heard this directly. However, for Sarah, this was the first time hearing it out of the mouth of the Lord. Are you with me out there? And I believe that he wanted her to hear it. Let me say it again. I believe that he wanted her to hear it. Faith could rise up to receive what God had in store for her and her family. Why? They knew where she was at. Didn't they just ask Abraham, where is Sarah? They said, where is Sarah? And he said, in the tent right behind me. <laughs> Amen. And it says that Sarah heard it in the what? Tent door, which is what? Behind him. 
So they knew that she was listening all the time. Why? Because they wanted her to hear it. Let me say it again. They wanted her to hear it. And I'm pretty sure Abram shared with her before about having a child. How do we know this? Because she took it upon herself to force the issue by giving Abraham her handmaid. Come on, say amen, somebody. So she knew she was supposed to have a child. Come on, amen. But understand this. This is different. Somebody say this is different. See, there's a difference when you hear thus saith the Lord from someone else than you hearing it with your own ears. Let me say that again. There's a difference when you hear thus saith the Lord from someone else than you hearing it with your own ears. See, this time it wasn't coming from Abraham. It was coming directly out of the mouth of the Lord. Come on, what makes it even more powerful than it coming out of somebody else's mouth. And understand this. When it comes to a husband and wife, when it comes to a husband and wife, when it comes to a husband and wife, see, I can go to Minister Walker and say, God told me this and that. Now, because she knows I'm a praying man and I listen for the voice of God, she has no problem believing what I said, even though it may be way out there. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. But what God will do, God will confirm it with her. Oh, my, y'all listening. God will confirm it with her, so when I come and tell her something, she already knows in her heart. Why? Because God had been dealing with her on the same thing. That's the way God works with husbands and wives. So then there's the, the, so then what happens, there's the power of agreement. What does the Bible say, Matthew 18, 19? There's the power of what? Agreement. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. It says, again, I say unto you, that a two of you, Shall what? Agree where? On earth. As touching what? Anything they shall. He said anything. Didn't he say anything? Anything they shall ask. It shall be done for them of my father. Which is where? In heaven. He said if two of you shall agree on earth. As touching anything. It shall be done. It shall be done. The problem we have with married couples is the husband doesn't have a strong prayer life. So when he comes to her with something, it's hard for her to tell if it's God or his flesh. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. And vice versa. If he comes to her with something, and he's a praying man, but she isn't, there's a problem because spiritually she's not ready to receive what God has placed in him. Amen. Amen. Then you have a case 
Well, God will speak to her. But because of spiritual pride, she goes and tells him what the Lord told her. Now, understand this. God has designed this thing, folks. He's designed it so that what he lacks, she has. And what she lacks, he has. It's rare that God puts two people together that are exactly alike. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, there may be some things that we both like, both are attracted to, but there will be a distinct difference somewhere. Why? Because a husband and wife, they complement each other. Anybody listen to me out there? So women, in generally, are more sensitive to the voice of God than men. Let me say it again. Women are generally more sensitive to the voice of God than men. That the problem is, he no bullshit. Women are quick to react and go for it, and they're sometimes too quick. <laughs> hey, ma, 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 ha. And see, God, being God, he balances things out with her by using a husband because that husband's job and what he'll do, the husband will analyze what she said. He'll maul over it. He'll go over and over it in his head as to how, when, where, what to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. He'll check of his spirit, hopefully. <laughs> He'll check of his spirit, hopefully, as to, the, as to the timing of things. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Now, if she's too quick because things aren't moving fast enough for her and he's not moving fast enough for her, <laughs> her lightning fast mind will say, I'm going to do it anyway. And she's off to the races. Oh, preaching good in here. But she's out of order. Let me say it again. <laughs> but she's out of order. Because God's not going to bless someone else's mess. If either party receives something from the Lord and there's not a definite agreement, let me say it again. If either party receives something from the Lord and there's not a definite, what, agreement, what do you do? You put it on the shelf until God deals with the other party. And understand that may take time. That may take what? Time. But it's worth the wait. If you want God to bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. Listen, you never go forth unless the two of you are in complete and total agreement. 
Complete in what? Total agreement. I don't care what God told you. If he ain't in agreement, you put it on the shelf till God tells him. I don't care what God told him. You put it on the shelf till God deals with her. God knows everybody's address. And if it's truly from God, God will make sure that he or she knows what you told them. What he told you. Everybody shout. Amen. So what happens? Let's go back to Genesis 18:11. Hallelujah. Single folks, you better listen up. Amen. <laughs> Genesis 18:11 says, "Now Abram and Sarah were old <laughs> and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the what? Man or woman? Understand this by this time, Abraham was convinced that this thing was going to happen. As a matter of fact, go to Romans chapter 4, verse 16. He was convinced, folks. It wasn't no problem with him at this point. Because we read about it in Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Give me time to get there. Romans 4, 16. Where it says, therefore, it is of what? Faith that it might be by what? Grace to the end. The promise may be sure to what? All the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the who? Faith of Abraham, who is a what? Who is a father of us all. Now, he's called the father of faith. But as we know, he didn't start off that way. What was happening? See, it was a process and a series of defining moments, amen, for him to get to this level of faith. Let me say it again. It was a process and a series of what? Defining moments for him to get to that level of faith where he could be called the father of faith. It didn't happen overnight, and it's not going to happen overnight with you. Amen. It's a process. It's going to be defining moments you're going to go, have to go through, amen, and you're going to make some mistakes, and sometimes you'll get it right. But don't believe that God's finished with you. God's still not done with you yet. Even when you make mistakes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Look at verse 17. He says, as it is written, I have made thee a what? Father of many nations. Now, we read this in the Old Testament. It goes on to say, before him whom he what? Believed. The, the, the him is Abraham. See, he finally got to the point that he really believed God. Let me say it again. He got to the point where he what? Really believed God. See, men, I'm talking to men right now, God's waiting on you to finally get to the point where you really believe him. Let me say it again. God is waiting for men, and all the brothers say. And all the brothers say. God's waiting for you to finally get to the point where you really believe him. And it says here, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead, calleth those things which be not as though they were. Because why? When God gave Abram the promises, those things were not. He didn't see anything for years. He didn't see how this thing was going to happen. He had no idea. All he had is what God called forth. 
All he has, amen, is what God said to him. Come on, say amen, somebody. That in the eyes of God, it was a done deal when he called it forth. That's all he had. Somebody say it's all he had. Matter of fact, the next verse tells us, who against hope. In other words, against all odds. Against all odds, he believed in hope. That he might become what? The father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy what seed be. See, we know the odds were definitely against him for Sarah having a child, folks. But God said it. But God said it. And he was at a place in his life that if God said it, that settles it. Let me say it again. He was at a place in his life if God said it, that what? Settles it. Verse 19, then it says, talking about Abram, and being not weak in what? Faith. He considered not his own body now dead. When he's about what? A hundred years old, now that the deadness of Sarah's woman, she was in her night. Says he staggered not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. It says he what? Staggered not. He what? Staggered night. Listen, folks. I see a day when we're going to have men that will not stagger. Not back and forth, in and out. Come on, say amen, somebody. I see a day where we're going to have men, true men of God, that are strong in faith, giving glory to God. Come on, say giving glory to God. Come on, say giving glory to God. I'm like verse 21, and being fully persuaded. Someone say fully persuaded. That what he had promised, he was able also to what? Perform. See, this is the man Abraham had become, folks. Let me say this again. This was the man Abraham had become. Understand this. Your husband may not be there yet. He may not be there yet. But this is what you should be seeing in him. Come on. And believe that God, who quickeneth the dead. <laughs> Come on, isn't that the prophecy 2018 is about? Whatever is dead in your life or husband or wife, God's going to bring it back to life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. You should be calling those things that be not that you don't see in your husband right now as though they already were. That's what you should be saying instead of saying every negative thing about them. And it goes vice versa. Because you don't see it don't mean that God's not at work. That's what faith is all about. That's what faith is all about. Come on. God will always keep his promise to you. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Even when it comes to your marriage. Come on. Amen. Go back to Genesis 18, 12. Because Abraham was convinced, but Sarah, she still had issues. <laughs> she still was not totally convinced. And it says in 
Genesis 18, 12. Therefore, Sarah did what? Sarah laughed within herself, saying, out there, I am wax old. Shall I have pleasure? <laughs> My Lord old also. <laughs> Come on. Now, she wasn't saying this out loud, folks. It says she laughed within herself. She said this within herself. See, the Lord heard what was going on inside her mind. See, you can smile and you can pretend all you want, but God hears your heart. So she says within herself, as old as I am, they're saying that we're going to have pleasure again. <laughs> Come on, that's what the scripture says. Ain't nothing been happening for a long time. <laughs> Why? For my Lord being old also? In other words, I don't think he has it anymore. And they didn't have Viagra back in those days. <laughs> Come, on. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. So this is funny. Come on, say this is funny. But in the, in the same case, it wasn't funny. No, there was no faith mixed with what God had said. There's no what? Faith mixed with what God had said. There's a lot of doubt and unbelief, which made the Lord angry. And he says in verse 13, it says, And the Lord said unto Abram, What's wrong with your woman? <laughs> Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety? Bear a child which I am old. You hear what your woman just said? Your wife? Doesn't she know I'm the Lord? And I hear what she's saying to herself? You know there's some tired ladies. You said all kind of things to yourself. About your husband. About what's going to happen. Come on. Y'all right, don't want to be honest? <laughs> Amen. And you thought it was just on the inside, but God listens on the inside. God sees on the inside. Come on. Amen. See, you can get everything past everybody else. You can smile at my face and say, hey, everything's all happy and clear. But inside, you say, oh, Lord, what did I get myself into? <laughs> Come on. Say amen, somebody. But God hears that. Because why? He knows once you get married, understand, once you get married, it's by faith. Let me say it again. Once you get married, from here on, when you say I do, it's by faith. And you're by faith believing that God's going to change that man because you can't change him. You're by faith believing that God's going to change that woman because you can't change him. So by faith, listen, you did not marry a perfect product. Because both of you are going to have issues. That's why marriage is by what? Faith. And you got to have, sometimes you got to have a whole lot of faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You better be in the word of God. And you better be in prayer. Okay, y'all don't want to hear that either. Amen. 
So he said, don't she know that I'm the Lord? And I hear what she saying to herself. She don't, listen, she don't know that I hear her laughing within herself of what I said to you, her, to you about her. See, instead of her saying amen, so be it. Instead of her saying amen and so be it, she laughs in disbelief because she's stuck in the natural. She can only go by what she sees. And when you're going by faith, you can't go by what you see. You got to go by what God says, and that's by faith. And you may not see it, but God said it. You got to say, it's so, so be it. Then the Lord says sternly, is anything too hard? For the Lord. And he says, at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. I don't believe he said this nicely, folks. <laughs> I don't believe he said, and Sarah shall have a son. I believe he said it sternly. And she shall have a son. Why? She's going to have this baby. Because I promised you a son out of your own loins. And my word will not return void. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. And it will accomplish that which I please and prosper in that which I have sinned. And God says, my word is powerful enough to bring anything I say to pass. And there's 15, it says, then Sarah denied. Saying, I laughed not, I didn't laugh. Now, she heard it on the other side of the tent door. She was still behind. How mad. She, 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 when she heard the Lord speak, she said, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. He heard what I said in, my, in myself. And it says she was what? Afraid. Because she knows she had messed up. Come on, say amen, somebody. She what? She messed up. Why? See, she didn't laugh. She laughed in disbelief. But she didn't laugh in joy like Abram did. Amen? Now, according to the rabbis, the reason she denied she was laughing, they said homiletically, the rabbis commented that Sarah did not think she laughed in disbelief, but she thought she laughed in joy like Abram did. They say the truth was that subconsciously she doubted the possibility of a miracle. Subconsciously she doubted the possibility of a what? Miracle. See, even though you may believe in miracles, subconsciously you may doubt it will ever happen to you. Did you hear what I just said? Even though you believe in miracles, you may subconsciously doubt that it will ha ever happen to you. So going back to Genesis 21-2. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Going back to Genesis 21-2. It says, For Sarah conceived and bare Abram a son in his what? Old age. 
And he said, at the what? At the set time. Oh, which God had what? Spoken to him. At the what? Set, somebody say set time. Somebody, somebody say set time. Why? Because I believe your set time has come. Or oh, what God has spoken to you years ago. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long it took. Come on, say amen, somebody. You have a set time. Somebody say, I have a set time. Come on, say, I have a set time. See, it's time to conceive. It's time to conceive. See, somewhere along the line, after the Lord got on her case about laughing, she received that word that was spoken over her and conceived. Somebody say she conceived. What'd she do? She brought forth the promise. What'd she do? She birthed it out. She did what? This is important, ladies and gentlemen. This is what? Important. She did what? She birthed it out. This is once again how God operates with husband and wives. Are you following me out here? This is why it's important that you have a real godly man. And a real godly woman as a spouse. Not someone pretending. Single people, you're listening to me. You better know that you know that you know. Amen. That they are really saved. And filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know that from what they do while you're single. You don't expect to get married, expect them to change. You get all kind of red flags and everything while you single. But a lot of times we violate the red flag. When God was saying, I read, I, listen, do you know the thing that the, the car race? I read the red flag, the checker flag, I read, I weighed everything at you. <laughs> but you didn't listen. Amen. But this is what happened to a married couple. God gives that man a vision, or in this case, a promise. But God gave the woman a womb to birth out in prayer whatever vision God gave the man. So, it, so it, takes, it takes the man spending time with God to receive the promise or the vision. And it takes the woman spending time with God to birth it forth. But notice I said spending time. That means both are supposed to what? Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. That's why God gave women a womb. To birth out what God placed in that man's heart. 
And because God gave her woman, this is just on a side note. Understand, men, whatever you see in that woman is what you placed in her. Because she's just a receiver. And she's acting out what she received from you. Say it again. She's acting out what she received from you. So if you don't like what you see in her, you better change what you're inputting in her. And stop blaming her. The reason she is the way she is. You are majority of the blame. I ain't get no, no amen from the brothers, you know. <laughs> they went totally silent on me. <laughs> they went totally silent on me. I ain't even get a raise of hand or anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. So verse 3, it says, And Abram called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare him, what? Isaac. Now his name actually means laughter. It means what? Laughter. But the name did not come from Sarah's skepticism when she laughed. It came from the joy of Abraham. See, his name was laughter because by all the laws of nature, the very idea of his birth was laughable. Because why? There's nothing impossible with God. Oh, come on. See, he told Abraham, doesn't she know there's nothing too hard for me? See, in order to be strong, listen to me, folks. In order to be strong, you have to be able to laugh at the world when the world thinks it's impossible. Let me say that again. In order to be strong, you have to be able to do what? Laugh at the world when the world thinks it's impossible. Look at verse 4. And Abraham can circumcise his son Isaac being eight days old as God had commanded him. And Abraham was what? A hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. Can you imagine the joy that Abraham is feeling right now? Being a hundred years old, <laughs> God's promise has finally come to pass. Come on. He dreamed about this. He thought about this over and over and over in his head. He understood the implication of this son. Godly nations were going to come out of him. And now he's finally here. In verse 6, and Sarah said, God has made me to laugh so that all that hear or laugh with me. Listen, what happened to Sarah had an effect on every barren woman in the land. Because they sat there and watched Sarah. Here she is in her 90s and having a child. Don't you think that affected everybody? Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. You know, they probably, probably laughed on her for 85 years. They probably laughed at her. Talked about her. 
She can't have no children. Come on, you know how women are. You know how people are, period. There must be something wrong with her. Evidently, God ain't here with her, and her husband's supposed to be a man of God. <laughs> Amen. The father of nations. Ain't no nation coming out of her. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. But do you know when she had that child? Do you know the hearts and minds that it changed, folks? There was great joy and laughter to know God is still God. And he is the God of the impossible. Verse 7, and she said, Who would have said unto Abram that Sarah should have given child suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. In verse 8 it said, The child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Then the eighth defining moment comes. The eighth defining moment comes. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abram, mocking. Oh, Lord. Notice she didn't even call Ishmael by name. She said the son of the Egyptian. <laughs> so you know there were problems. Amen. She didn't say if she said the son of that Egyptian woman. Come on. Amen. See, the first thing she does is what most women do. She goes to Abram and said, what you going to do about this? This is your responsibility. That's your woman's child. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> That's your woman's child. And he has a nerve to be mocking my son. But the question is, what did she see? See, seen, she seen traits of Hagar in Ishmael. Because remember how Hagar treated Sarah after she had Ishmael. Hagar is still an Egyptian princess. And she still had her Egyptian ways. Come on, are you listening to me out here? Amen. See, the word mock means making sport. The term expresses what, it, what Sarah saw that convinced her that Ishmael had to go. Now, scriptures use this verb to denote three cardinal sins. It describes or denotes idolatry, adultery, and murder. See, Ishmael's behavior proved that he'd become thoroughly corrupt and evil, and he had to go, folks. So what happened? Even though he was raised in the household of Abraham and Sarah, Ishmael gravitated to Hagar and her Egyptian ways and her influence rather than Abraham. Come on, are you with me out here? And Sarah seen what was happening because why? A mother's always looking at what 
and who is influencing her child. Come on, you might know what I'm talking about. Verse 10, it says, Wherefore she said to Abram, Cast out this bondwoman and her son. Come on, can't you hear the tone in her voice? Come on, can't you? Come on, ladies. She probably was twisting her head and everything. Come on. Cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heirs with my son, even with Isaac. Not with my son. Understand that Sarah was not being selfish, folks. But she seen something that maybe Abraham didn't see. See, her concern was that Ishmael is already showing his lack of respect. Who God said is the promised child. Come on, y'all seeing this? And for she, what, from what she had seen, he had proven himself to be unworthy and would eventually seek to declare himself as heir of Abraham and seek to exclude Isaac from the fulfillment of his godly mission. So we have sibling rivalry going on here. And furthermore, any relationship with wicked people would affect Isaac and his children. And she wasn't going to let that happen. In other words, Sarah said, I'm not having that. So she says, he's got to go. He's got to what? Go. And verse 11, and the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his what? Son. This was a defining moment for Abraham. Why? This is still his son. And he still loved his son. But what hurt the most, he started noticing some things about Ishmael too. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And he knew in his heart that he couldn't allow Ishmael to have any influence in his home. Why? If Hagar corrupted the boy right in his home, it's going to be much worse if she would have become the sole influence over that boy. So somebody had to go. So what's, guess what? He was in the valley of decision, folks. This was hard for him. Do I allow this boy to stay in my house and corrupt my godly son? Or does he have to go? Let me say that again. Do I allow this boy to stay in my house and corrupt my child? Or does he have to go? Do I allow this boy to stay in my house and corrupt my child? Or does he have to go? How many parents deal with that each and every day when they're dealing with kids outside of that marriage relationship? And I've seen it so many times, folks. When you get married and they have kids, you got to understand, your, your, your first responsibility is not to your child. It's to your husband. And then to your children that was born from them. Because you'll find out the child coming from another house, you don't know how they're raised. You don't know what kind of influence is in that house over there. 
And a lot of times they bring what's in that house over there into your house and affect your children. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Come on. Amen. So God seen that Abram was having a hard time with this. So what God do, being God, he intervened. Verse 12, and God said unto Abram, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman. And all, listen to this, and all that Sarah has said unto thee, and all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. In other words, God assured Abraham in two ways that he was making the right decision. First, he told Abraham, Sarah's director was prophetic. And what she said was in accordance with his will. Come on, say amen, somebody. And sometimes, understand this, even when it comes to men and women, husband and wife, sometimes men are very naive. Sometimes men are very naive. Sometimes men are very naive. What happened? See, one thing about a woman. Woman knows another woman. And she knows and senses when troubles are rising. Now, we as men, oh, this is going to be all right. We just friends. It's going to be good. We cool. <laughs> but her antenna's already up. And she's hearing, warning, warning, danger, danger, warning, warning, danger, danger. And she go tells the man, the man says, nah, what you see, where you see that at? Because she knows. So men, you better listen to that woman when she tells you things. Because 99% of the time, she is right. And because we're so nice and naive, we don't think nothing's going on. But in the back of that girl's mind, I'm going to get your husband. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That, that was free. <laughs> so he told Sarah. He told Abraham, Sarah's director was prophetic. And it was what he wanted to have done. Verse 13, and also of the son of the bondswoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. In other words, he's saying, although only Isaac is considered as Abraham, only Isaac considered as Abraham's true son, Ishmael, because he's your son, will become a great nation in his own right, folks. And with that comfort, Abraham was able to make the right decision in that defining moment. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. But how many times have we seen battles like this in households and illegitimate children? Come on. It happens all the time, folks. All the time. But there will become a defining moment when you see something ain't right. And you start seeing that child adapt to the behavior of that sibling changing your baby your child you're going to have a defining moment 
So what does Abraham do? Verse 14. Abraham rose up early in the morning. Listen, once he knew it was God's will, he didn't waste no time. First thing in the morning, he took bread, <laughs> bottled water, gave it to Hagar. Put it on his shoulder here, baby. I'm sorry, but y'all got to go. And the child, and sent her away, and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Bathsheba. He placed her, listen, he placed her and Ishmael in the hands of God. Come on, he was still believing God, folks. He was still exercising his faith. God said Ishmael and his seed would what? Was going to become a what? Great nation. So he believed God. It was, listen, he believed God. It was, if it was going to happen, he's going to make sure it wasn't about him. That's going to be all God. Because why? He could have set Hagar and Ishmael up. He was rich. He was a wealthy man. He could have sent them away riches. But instead, he gave them the greatest riches they could ever receive, folks. He placed them totally in God's hands. Come on, did he do the right thing? In most people's eyes, he was very cruel. All you sitting there was some a loaf of bread and some water. <laughs> Come on. In most of his eyes, they would could you imagine the, the newspaper right now? Could you imagine CNN and, come on, all the radio stations? Man of God sends out bondwoman, a loaf of bread and water. <laughs> Amen. But it wasn't cruel because why? He was trusting God. He was trusting that God would take care of them, folks. Come on. This was two defining moments in one. First, the son had to go. Then he had to send both of them out practically with nothing. With what? Nothing. Well, what were the results? Verse 15. And the water was spent in a bottle, drank a bottle of water. She cast a child, one, one child un, under one of the brush rubs. She went and sat down over against him in a good way off. And it was a bow shot. And she said, let me not see the death of, my child, of the child. She sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And look at this, verse 17. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. God is still honoring what Abraham did. He said, Arise, lift up the lad, hold him in thy hand, and I will make him a what? Great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad a drink. Supernaturally, God showed up in her life because of Abraham's faith. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness. In other words, he learned how to hunt for his own food. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. See, there comes a defining moment as we close. Where you have to put some people, including your children, in the hands of God and stop trying to be God yourself. Come on, are you with me out here? You have to trust that God's going to take care of them. 
And all you can do is pray and not take on the care or worry. I'm talking to parents out here right now. It comes a time where you got to trust God with your children and say, God, I can't do anything. It's, it's all on you. I place them in your hands, especially if they're, you know, somebody else's child, the mama's child over there, and over here, come on, and you're trying to keep your household together. You got to trust them to God. I believe I'm going to trust them to God. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to still love on them. I'm going to still love on them. Amen. But I cannot afford to allow them to disrupt my household. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. You got to place them in God's hand, especially a man, especially the boys. Now, the girls, they can stay in the house as long as they want until their boy ass show up. But that man, you better make sure that man knows responsibility. You better make sure that boy knows responsibility. And you keeping him in their house, age 25 and 30 or 40, he will never learn responsibility. I have a guy I went to school with to this day. We're in our 50s. He's still in his mama's house. And his father, when he was alive, tried to kick him out like he was supposed to do. But because of the mama, and he never learned responsibility. And no woman wants a man that's still living in mama house. Because <laughs> what? It's showing he does not demonstrate responsibility. So how is he going to take care of me and my family? Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we thank and we praise you for your word.